0: For SEN America, this is the SEN
1: NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway. Sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. G'day, mate.
0: Hello, Richie. How are you?
1: Not too bad at all, mate. Today we're going to get into the newsroom. We've got a very special guest, Samuel Weller of Gridiron Victoria will be joining us to talk about the upcoming season and the women's and junior seasons that have just finished in Victoria in our new segment called Going Local.
0: I'm looking forward to this segment. We're going to be discussing wins and losses every week. Um, just a whole new element to the podcast. It's it's going to be good. Now me and you obviously both, you're a coach and I'm a player at the same club, so we'll try and stay as unbiased as possible. But I think While it's While you're going to be wearing great. your Croydon Ranger shirt? Crown Rangers what shirt, Richie?
1: Oh, a state championship. Yeah, Very good. from last year. Uh, we're also going to start. We're going to start a new set. We're going to talk about our top 10 players by position. Gives us something to do and argue about during the off-season until we get into mini-camp.
0: Well, we're doing that because you won't let me do top 100 Yeah, top
1: 100's out. I, I'm, I'm just not doing it anymore. You know, actually, I'll tell you, what you I'll tell you when you can do it. At the end. At the end. Okay. And we'll talk about the top 10. Oh, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll agree with that then. That's that sounds it. good.
1: All right. So, it is our... 48th episode, we're coming up on 50 mate
0: I know, very exciting Do you reckon Chris will bring us cupcakes that day?
1: I'd just be happy if he maybe turned up
0: uh, He's become quite slack I think it's because he's got a new little, little wait, Thing on the go Wait
1: till we play the new stinger he recorded for us it, it, He didn't do a very good job Really? No, you'll hear it later right, That's a big call Right now, let's get over the newsroom
0: It's time to go into the newsroom On the SEN NFL Podcast
1: the hang of driving the uh, the board over here. You're not great at it. I'm really not. <laughs> Von Miller and the Denver Broncos are disagreeing over monies, mainly around guaranteed money, but they are still negotiating.
0: Yeah, and, and from all reports he's going to be the highest paid defensive player ever. I think where what you're going to find is the league salary cap is going to extend the end of the 2016 season. I'm not sure by how much exactly, but I'm pretty sure that's what Von Miller wants to hold out for. Now in saying that Denver have a ton of salary cap because they were paying Peyton Manning about $21 million, and that's all wiped now because he retired. So none of that they didn't pay Brock Osweiler so they're not paying him anything. So they have a lot of money to spare. They will get a deal done uh, there is a deadline, I've forgotten the deadline to when you've got to sign a long term deal otherwise you play under the franchise tag for a season. But the franchise tag is, is $14 million so that's a pretty cheap deal for a player like Von Miller, paying him fourteen million. Oh, absolutely. Opinion. So what I'm interested in is why don't they just let him play?
1: If he wants free agency next year, as you think he does, mm. then he should just sign his franchise tenure. He and- signed
0: it. It's about trying to get a long term deal done before it takes effect. So then they don't have to use the franchise tag because you only get one a season, obviously, and they can't reuse it now. But it has implications. Next year and whatnot, depending on how many you use. I just, if I was him, I'd play this season, and then force them to franchise tag me again, which adds, I think, forty percent more. No,
1: it's a a twenty percent loading. Twenty percent
0: is it? It's forty percent in the third year. So basically, what you've got to do, yeah, you got to you add your twenty percent or fourteen million on top of that, and or they can let you go to free agency. Free agency. Or they can sign into a long term deal. But the ball's in his court at the moment. Play for your 14 million and then test free agency next season because I don't think they'll. Although, would you tag him again? I would. For 18 million? To or make so make
1: sure he wouldn't walk. Yeah. But I'd say I'm only doing it so I don't lose you.
0: they got to get a long term deal. You do and they will. Teams don't let. Like the, the, the biggest player that ever walked from a club was Ndarmican Sue, which doesn't happen very often. And Von Miller's. Just basically won them a Super Bowl from his own hand, so I can't see him going anywhere. But it's just interesting that I wonder what they're fighting over with guaranteed money. If I get seventy million guaranteed or seventy-two million guaranteed, it just seems very jovial for me. It's a big number. If that's what. Well, it that's is. what he's going to get. He's going to be the highest-paid player ever. He's going It's JoJo Watt signed a hundred and twenty million-dollar contract. So it's going to be more than that.
1: Yep. Austin Sferian Jenkins has been dismissed from Buccaneers practice for, and I quote, not knowing what he's doing. Yeah. That's, dirt, not, a, that's not a good thing that no, happened to you. Dirk
0: Cutter didn't like the way he was going about it's it. It's the
1: same offense.
0: I know. It's, yeah, it's the offensive coordinator from last year. Um, I, like Austin Sferian Jenkins was, did I just say that so fast that it didn't sound like the word? I'm just going to call him ASG. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh he he was a second round pick a couple of seasons ago. Save J, but anyway. So ASJ, you ASG, You said oh, ASG. I don't oh, know. I've got it on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, he's a good player, but he hasn't quite broke out yet, and he's very athletic. He's very tall. He had a solid season last year, but that's not a good sign. Being kicked away from. Uh, from practice, so, and it's not like it's a new coach that hasn't seen him before, so maybe the coach is just fed up with him not understanding what he's doing. Um, in saying that, though, if you're the coach, just teach him, find a way to teach someone. Uh, it is your job.
1: I would hope it's kind of the kick in the pants he needs, and it's the last you'll hear of it.
0: Well, he went on Facebook and said I'm move, or Twitter. Sorry, they don't use Facebook over there, and tweeted I'm moving on. It was then deleted. I a lot of people have thought, oh, was he saying he's moving on from the Bucks? I think he meant I'm that on happened. From, yeah. I'm moving on. I don't think he meant it as yeah. that. And he he has said that, but I think the Bucks might have said delete that because people gonna you know, people are like these days they just run with anything. Yep. Yeah.
1: Moving on, Andrew Luck and the Colts are close to signing a massive deal. Yeah. How well, massive? It's... Tell me how massive.
0: Oh, it'll be highest-paid nice the... player in the league. Well, apparently. Jim Ursay wants to sign a 10-year contract. That's
1: a big contract.
0: So they just basically want to have him for the rest of his career without any doubt.
1: 16 per? Oh. 17? And the rest?
0: Who's the highest paid player in the NFL right now?
1: Uh, good question.
0: Who do you think? You'll never get
1: it. No, I probably won't. It's Joe Flacco. Is it a Flacco. or something? Oh, God. Joe is Flacco is the highest contract. earning
0: player this season. Um, after his reworked contracts and back get? billing, 20, almost $22 million, just shy. Yikes. That's guaranteed. So you're telling me if his agents are working off that, he's going to be getting up around the $22 million mark for 10, if it's for 10 years, it's going to be a $220 million contract. That wow. is just so much money. Um, And, you know, someone said, oh, he's coming off a bad year. He was hurt a lot last year. He didn't play well when he was healthy, but that offensive line... But we don't know how healthy he was. Exactly. And that offensive line doesn't look after him, but he played seven games last year, not very well, but the 51 games before that, he was exceptional. So I'd prefer to look at the 51 games before and grade him off that. Uh, Either way, the Colts are not going to let him walk, and he is going to be the highest-paid player in the NFL. Maybe Von Miller signs the contract first and then Andrew Luck just blows it out of the water because uh, he's on his fifth-year contract um, extension at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how much he gets. I'm
1: going to let you read the next one because I don't want to have to pronounce that. You don't want to? No. <laughs> I have zero interest. Okay.
0: The Saints defensive end, Hauli Kahaha. Happy?
1: I presume it's right. No, so I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know.
0: Um, he's Tory's ACL. who will miss the entire 2016 season. This is massive for that Saints defense. He was a guy that, along with Stephon Anthony last year at middle linebacker, excelled. He's a high-motor, energetic. Uh, he's a good pass rusher. He was an outside linebacker last year, but they've moved him to DN to generate pass rush. He's a real jack-of-all-trades um, linebacker. He's, he is classed as a defensive end, but he's a stand-up. Um, it's a huge loss for them. Absolutely. It's this early in the season. They can't afford to lose anyone on that defense. Pass rushing is where they struggled last year, and they've now lost probably their best one. They're certainly their best edge rusher. I know they've got Cameron Jordan to rush inside, but he's their best edge rusher. So it's a real shame. Yeah,
1: it's not a good look. Moving on to things that aren't a good look, Cameron Newton is ditching the dab. Thank God. So last year. But he's going to have a new celebration. Yeah, he's. Where he's going to bring back the sprinkler.
0: I don't know what he's doing. He's deciding that the dab was only for 2015, and he's Good. going to have a new one.
1: Note to everybody else on the entire planet: the dab is stupid. Cut it out. See the spelling bee a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, a little... uh, I've I've never thought to myself after spelling a word wrong, I'm going to dab on some fools. Um, I can't stand. Sorry, it. dabbing I spelling a word right. That. It's just ridiculous. I I know it's a topic. Can we just touch on the spelling bee? That is on ESPN1. Yeah. Are you kidding me? A bunch of 12-year-old spelling words? Get a life, you losers. (laughs) Run out and catch a football. For crying out loud. I'm sorry, Rich, and you know what? I might cop some flack for this, but what little losers. My son comes (laughs) up to me and goes, you know what, Dad, I'm competing in the spelling bee this weekend. Oh, that's cool. Um so I better start saving money for college because you're not going to get a, sp- a football scholarship, are you? Turn it up. Had enough of that. Sorry, just had to Try go on a tangent.
1: <laughs> Steelers middle linebacker Ryan Shazier beats all receivers in a foot race at training.
0: I know, this is incredible. Did he have a head start? No. Nah, he like he ran a 4-4 at the combine. He was the very fast linebacker. He was picked 17. Um only reason I know a lot about him is because the Cowboys had him on the radar they ended up taking Zach Martin, the guard, just before just after him. So I think they would have taken Shazier. He's had his first season, he was injured second last year, his second season, he really started coming into his own. He's highly athletic, but it's still surprising. That's insane. Antonio Brown, he beat in a foot race. Now this is a straight line foot race. I'm sure if they added a little bit of agility in there, the receivers would have him comfortably. But this guy is a serious athlete and can certainly get sideline to sideline. So I'm looking for him to have a huge breakout year this year.
1: And last thing before we get out of the newsroom, some concerning news. Akib Tlaib gets shot in Texas while being intoxicated. The NFL and police are investigating. Tlaib's no uh, stranger to gun issues. And trouble altogether. What is going on?
0: Uh, you know... I- we don't know the whole story yet, so it's really hard to judge. There's rumors that he shot himself, that he had a gun in his pocket and he shot himself with it. Um he's lucky it's gone through his leg, not hit any bone or arteries. That's so, so it he was is so just lucky. a flesh wound literally. Now it's a pretty painful one that came out the other side, but it has I imagine
1: all bullet wounds hurt. Yeah, I, I, I've never been shot before, Richard. <laughs> so
0: it's something I haven't experienced. I got shot with a paintball and I cried. Hope to. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'd like to say it was when I was eight, but it was about a month ago. So, <laughs> look, I, I certainly we don't know the story. We we really don't. But this can't be good. The police are investigating. The NFL are investigating. But this could be um, very similar to Plaxico Burris, who ended up going to jail. For possession of an, an illegal, an illegal firearm. weapon, and he shot himself in the leg. He's also already admitted that he doesn't really remember what happened because he was intoxicated. So that's uh,
1: that might be a little convenient. We'll we'll wait and see on that one. Uh,
0: it's not a good sign. Operating, I would a imagine.
1: You, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say Texas gun law is a little more lax compared to New York's. So he might not have the same issues that
0: no, um, but Plexico you had. you know what, Roger's going to do.
1: Well, do you want to take a? Uh, a little tipping competition closest to the NFL suspension? Four. I'll go 6 it I'll uh, no, suspension. It'll start eight at down ten. To six. It'll start <laughs> at ten, go down
0: to four. It's not like he held a gun in his girlfriend's mouth and threatened to kill her. So it no. couldn't be any more than four. Or, know he didn't deflate any football, so he'll be fine. Oh, no, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the real crime. That's the yeah. real crime. All right. We're going local. We're going local on the SEN NFL
0: podcast.
1: See what I mean? No music. Chris has failed me. What did we do all afternoon?
0: Gave him, wow, you made good suggestions for music while I made really dumb, stupid ones to try and annoy both of you. Uh,
1: I succeeded. Yeah, yeah, I was very frustrated.
0: Uh, it was lots of John Farnham, Cold Chisel, just all the bands. Men at work. True Blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned a lot of really Birds crappy Backyard songs. Burst Backyard theme. Either
1: <laughs> way, anyway, we'll hopefully have that fixed up for next week. Yeah. But joining us now in the studio is a president of Gridiron Victoria, Samuel Weller. How are you, mate?
2: Very well, boys. It's uh, an honour to be here. I'm a huge fan of the show, and coming up on 50 episodes, I'm glad you could finally find time to sneak me into the lineup.
0: <laughs> Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Me and Richard uh, and Sammy we're uh, quite friendly, I would say. With Sammy's also a Croydon Ranger player, so he's not just the president of GV. So it wasn't hard known, to get him to agree. To no, we've known. Interview. I think we Although had to, we buy him have a to beer. get him out of the pub. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been around for a while now, so but it's, it's great to have you on, mate, discussing all things growing Victoria.
1: So starting off, Sammy, for those who don't know, obviously the league here's got stronger and stronger, especially under your, uh, under your leadership. Rain, I'd call it. Yeah. We've just recently finished the women's and the juniors' uh, seasons. If you can give us a bit of a recap of those um, before we take a look at this year's senior season that's upcoming. Well, spot on, boys.
2: We had an incredible under-19s and women's uh, program this year. Uh, We actually had it just late last year. Traditionally, we've run those two competitions together uh, in the latter half of the the calendar year, and we decided to change it around in 2016, and that actually worked out for the better. We had uh, more teams in the women's and the juniors, or under-19s, once again. Uh, and we've got a lot of those under-19s players now transitioning to the senior season, which starts soon. So we had uh, seven women's teams and eight under-19s teams. And uh, the women's especially is an incredible story. to think only three years ago, we didn't have any women playing full kit, full contact, full rules, American football here in Victoria. So it's not LFL? Uh, we don't know anything about
0: LFL. <laughs> that that came and went and burnt. and it's gone. Yeah. yeah. I don't, Did it even ever come? We went to a game. It was... A debacle of the thing. It's awful. Yeah. We, hope, hope we
1: never see it again.
0: We just focus on the real deal. Yeah, it's a great... And I know Richie's partner plays in the in the female team, and I'm one of the coaches of the Korean Rangers. And, you know, I had my, um, my doubts about it when it started. But one thing you can say, they love the sport. I shouldn't say they, they. They do, though. They love the sport. And they just want to learn all the time. And it's a very rewarding group of people to group coaching group of women is extremely rewarding because all they want to do is get better and you know I think the the men forget that sometimes now we're obviously both involved in the men's team the women want to learn more where the men are happy to just kind of coast Um, and that's the reason why you've gone from nothing to eight teams in the space of three seasons and it's a very competitive league you've got the Victorian team the Australian tryouts are hit soon for the women's team it's just it's all happening and it surprises me and, you know, I, as I said, I was a little bit of a sceptic at first, but it's, I've really come around to it. It's, it's a great program.
2: I totally agree, James. We were always for it and um, very passionate about getting it going even three years ago and we really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. But you, you hit the nail on the head. They're passionate. They they love. They come ready to play. They're physical. They're aggressive. Um, and they just love the sport. Um, they're just so supportive on the field, off the field. Um, you touch on the, uh, the Australian Outback team. We've got 26 women from here in Victoria going to the tryouts for the first ever Australian national women's team to compete at the World Championships next year. And that's just incredible. I mean, we'll probably end up having a quarter to at least a third of the, the national team being from, from right here. Uh, we had a state game just recently. Victoria took on New South Wales and in ACT. Incredible close match. Streamed it live on, on Facebook. It was amazing. We had thousands of people watching. Uh, and our our women, our state first ever women's state team, uh, pipped a combined New South Wales ACT team by about a touchdown. So, yeah, we couldn't be prouder of uh, women's football here
0: in Victoria. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the junior Victorian team, I know, have a trip to Singapore. Is is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um, Unfortunately, um. No fault of their own. Um, none of them got selected to the uh, Australian national team heading to the under-19s World Championships. Which
0: is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, we won't, we won't it's get There's a bit too one. much politics involved, but... Yeah. That'll be a
1: separate podcast.
0: That yeah, is just, <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Um, you can get me back for that one. No, uh, so <laughs> instead we, um, we explored some opportunities offshore, and um, yeah, we've got a contingent of about 45 players heading to Singapore uh, to play a, a local team and a, a team from China. So they'll get two games in a week, and um, it, it's incredible. Traditionally, with these sorts of programs, it has literally been who can afford to go is who's going, but we've had so many... Of uh, of these kids sign up, pay their money, they're ready to go. We're actually going to have to cut a squad down to forty five. It's um, wow. it's, it's unprecedented. So looking forward to that. Um, hopefully I can get a get a trip over there and and check out the games. But well, you always seem to be on
1: holiday, Sammy. So I'm sure you'll get a gig over there. I'm sure. The I don't GV know what your employee money. does. Or your employer, I should say, does I'm sure that you.
0: I'm sure that GV money pays for something for you. Uh, no comment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, real quick, before we move off those two competitions, Amy, who took out the championships uh, for 2016 uh, in the ni- under 19s, it was um,
2: the under uh, the Monash Warriors. Uh, they uh, had an undefeated season, um, and last year didn't even make the playoffs. So they just turned their season around incredibly. A lot of playmakers. They didn't have one or two, you know, super talented players that just took over. Um, they were. a an entire team very balanced um, and they were just too good for the the Melbourne Uni Lions who were aiming for a, a, a historic three-peat in the under-19s competition. They were chasing their third straight title but the, uh, the Monash Warriors were too good and uh, ironically they won uh, the, the under-19s Vic Ball on the day Adam Gotsas was drafted second uh, second round to the Denver oh, yeah. Broncos. And, and he, was a, he was a prodigious talent for them when he was you know, 14, 15 years old or 16 or something. He was playing under-19s ball and then was playing seniors when he was still literally a boy. So, yeah, great story. Monash Warriors program is always, you know, at the pointy end of the competition. Uh, and then in the women's, we had the uh, Geelong Buccaneers went back to back. The so, Geelong Rockies. Yeah. Uh,
1: That's unfair. Nah, she's a freak, though. She's very good, but that's unfair
2: uh the Geelong Buccaneers um <laughs> who have nine players on the field at any one time like everyone else uh they do possess the uh, the most valuable player in our women's competition um uh she's a fantastic player but the whole team um they've got they're a very good team they've got six or seven people go, uh, ladies going to the uh, Australian outback tryouts um a fantastic wide receiver um and a incredible defensive talent as well so the buccaneers are the, are the complete package and um was it their I, second in a row? Yeah, second in a row. Yeah. So in four years we've had uh, we've had two teams now win it win it back to back. So yeah, things are looking looking promising for the women's comp.
1: Turning our attention out of the senior upcoming season starts next Saturday. Um, tell us how we've got new new club in this year, two divisions. You wanna outline it for us?
2: Absolutely. So we're up to fourteen teams, which is just incredible. It was when only I
0: started, there was five.
2: Yeah, that's only seven years, eight years ago. Yeah. So, it's clearly tripled in in size. We've added the Melton Wolves just out in the uh, the western suburbs. They'll join the Division Two competition, which people say it's like a reserves competition. Um, it, it is effectively, but we've got seven teams now in each division. They all play each other twice, which is twelve games. We've got a few buys in there. We've given everyone the weekend off so they can head up to Sydney for the uh, Hawaii versus Cal game in late August. And yeah, it should be a great season. I mean, last year. Um, the Rangers took out the Division One title, and then the Packenham Silverbacks, in only their second uh, second or third second season, uh, took out the Division Two title. So that was a real changing in the guard. It, it it must be said we've had a couple of teams dominate both divisions for quite a while, and to have um, two new teams win it, and then we're expecting this year again to be even. Well, the playing field will be even more level. Um, and we're expecting the football continues to improve, the coaching, the standards. Um, we're just trying to build and build and build and make it more professional as we go along. So I, I literally could – who
0: knows who's going to win it this year in both divisions. Yeah, and you've also had the, um, the NGL pop up. <clears throat> we get a lot of questions about that. It, they, they're not involved with Gridiron Australia or Gridiron Victoria. They're actually a, a semi-pro league. Um, and my understanding, It's totally pro. I'd say totally pro. Totally –
1: well oh, – If you play, you're getting money. So that makes you a professional.
0: Yeah, that's true. So it's a, it's a pro league. So if you're playing in that league, how does that affect if you want to play in the Gridiron Victoria League as well? Oh, uh,
2: you can't. Not in the same calendar year. You'd be uh, deregistered as a uh, a Gridiron Victoria member. Okay. Um, uh, because we're an amateur, we play NCAA um, rules. We're we're an amateur league. We pay to play as opposed to being paid so you simply won't be able to play so anyone who has signed a contract or is intending to for the NGL in 2016
0: won't be playing yeah and along with anyone who's played professionally overseas is also ineligible to play in the anyone who's been paid to play in another league in the past calendar year is ineligible to play for uh, GV as well any club in GV correct wow because I never knew these rules and this is what something like the NGL opens up is people have to start and a lot of people wouldn't know that. And they'll sign a contract and realize, oh, I can't play, um, which is huge. I, I don't know. How successful do you think the NGL is going to
2: be? It's difficult to say. I mean, in the same way as the, the LFL, I mean, it came in a, in a blaze of publicity and we know the NGL will as well. I mean, let's face it, the concept of as yourselves as um, as American football players, I mean, the notion of getting paid would be would be fantastic. Yep. I mean, we, we pay and, and we love to do it. Um, I wish them all the best. I mean, the publicity it's going to create and the awareness and the attention will only filter down to us because people who don't make the grade will end up saying, well, I still want to play American football. I'll go and play in the the amateur competition. Yep. Um, it is also only in New South Wales and Queensland to start with, so I don't think Victoria will see a direct impact, but I, I think New South Wales and Queensland should be should be concerned, but let, all let them do at the it. same
0: time. It's about the same time Yeah, they they as well. completely
1: overlap. When the NGL starts is when the Queensland and New South Wales leagues both start. Yeah,
0: so that will affect some of those players because I imagine guys... I'd say if there was a team in Melbourne, I'd certainly personally have a think about trying to play for them because getting paid to play is you know, a pretty appealing thing and paying, playing at a higher level is also appealing to someone like me, um, playing against better players. But it, it started off as an, the idea was that they were going to bring out... 40-odd Americans. Oh, it's only a roster of 40. There's going to be 30 Americans and only 10 Australians. Yep. But the tune's changed a lot because they can't get enough Americans to come out to play. So I think there's only about, what would you say that day, Richie, 120? There's 110 registered throughout eight teams. So there's certainly going to be a lot more Australians playing. and which Or,
1: or they've got a lot more Americans to recruit, one or the other.
0: Well, it, like, training camp has to be starting soon.
1: Uh, so that's in a couple of months.
0: So yeah, you imagine they're going to they'll bring in a few more, but you think it's going to be predominantly Australian players, and uh, I think that's going to be great because I think Australia has a lot of good football players, and you know a guy like Adam Gotz is a prime example. I think you know Michigan came out last week. We went to a satellite camp there, and the words out there that Australians can play football. Um, yeah, we might not have the, the the base that a lot of the Americans have to start with but the coaching's getting exceptional over here and it's a lot easier to get the information. You know, you had a lot to do with this Michigan camp. How successful was that for the league? Oh, it was incredible.
2: I mean, to have coaches of the calibre of, of Division One and a football program as storied and as well regarded as, as Michigan, the Wolverines, uh, was just incredible. And it literally came out of nowhere. We received a call a couple of weeks ago saying that the original organisers of, of the camp here in uh, Melbourne were um, could no longer facilitate it um, due to some stipulations by the NCAA yeah. and of course we jumped on it um organized the whole event in terms of location and everything else within you know a couple of days and um we, we met the guys and, and spent some time with them and they were just fantastic they were just even though they they all work for the Michigan football program and it's their job and they're working with some of the best players in the world they just love football and, and they're they so love, passionate they were amazingly passionate and they just love the fact that down here they had 100, 130 odd um uh, men and women um and and junior players Um, who just loved playing football. And they were under no false idea that they were going to potentially unearth the next NFL superstar, but they just loved how passionate and how keen everyone was to learn and to play and just go out there and have a crack. It was was fantastic, yeah, even in driving rain.
1: It was driving rain. It was very cold, (laughs) and that's also why there was no podcast last week. Um, Last thing, Sam, before we go, is the – uh, Vic Bowl or the Grand Final of Grand Victoria has got a nice new location this year. If you want to take us through that, yes, very
2: proud to uh, have secured that. We've been trying for a couple of years. Part of the reason we moved the season back a little bit was to no longer clash with um Australian Rules Football Finals. We used to play the um the Vic Bowl pretty much on the on the cusp of the AFL final series. Um, now it's on Sunday, the sixteenth of October, and we've managed to secure the Lakeside Stadium at Albert Park. It's a, um, a purpose-built stadium, holds about ten thousand people. If we could fill it, fantastic! Uh, it'll be free- most
1: people I've ever played in front of. If we do fit. <laughs> it'll
2: in. it'll be free entry. It's um it's got a grandstand either side. Um we're still putting together the, the program entertainment, but it'll be two games. It'll be the division uh two championship, it'll be the curtain raiser, probably around midday, and then at three PM it'll be the uh the Vic Bowl, as we as we call it, the Division One decider.
0: So Just to clarify, the Division Two championship is not the Vic Bowl.
2: That's correct. Okay. There is Just, only one Vic Bowl.
0: Thank you. Just for all the players out there in Division Two, I don't have a problem with them or their clubs, but Stop telling me Stop you've won up. a Vic Bowl in Division 2 because you haven't. When you come to Division 1, you compete with, with the big dogs. Then you can tell me you've won a Vic Bowl. But I just wanted to get it from the, from the horse's mouth, so to speak.
1: Last thing, Sam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to table it. I've tabled it at league meetings before. The league needs promotion and relegation. There's now seven teams in each division. If you finish last in Division 1, you should be going down. And if you win Division 2, up you come. They should have every right to play for the Vic Bowl. And I think it would be also good, if you're the team that goes down, you get to go into that lower competition, get to rebuild a little bit, get some winning culture back, because let's face it, you probably didn't win a game, maybe one, if you finish last in our league. Get some winning about you, win the whole thing, you can come back. I think it's great. I, think it, I think it would be great for growing be Victoria awesome. to
0: have it. For the record, I agree completely. Yeah. I think the problem is, a lot of the problem is that the Division 2 clubs You know, don't feel they're ready to come up as well, which I can understand. You don't want to come up from Division 2 and be getting pumped every single week because it does nothing for you. It's not a fun sport when you're getting thrashed. No, it's it's
1: not. You can't play Grenine for fun. Like, you can enjoy it, but getting beat up, playing in the rain, it's not a whole lot of fun usually. It's a better sport on (laughs) Earth.
0: Yeah, it it is. It's a tough sport to get beaten badly at. and. I think that's where you are going to be careful. Like I would have thought the Silverbacks were going to come up this year because they have some real talent on that team. I've seen them play their defensive line, big and strong, along their O line. They've got, that would be the team that I look at and think they've got the ability to come up. So it's interesting to see how they go in, in that Division 2 this year. I would say they're the hot favourite to win it, but it'd be interesting to see what their decision is because I, I, my understanding the teams decide whether they want to come up or not. Uh,
2: no, we took that decision process. Oh, that's way gone from now. A couple of years ago, Thank no. The um, the executive and uh, the state director of coaching they evaluate all the teams and basically make a strategic decision to ensure are they actually ready, are they they physically capable, of the sophistication of their playbooks and schemes, and how they are off the field as well. And we did the same thing last year, and we stand by it. it, it felt it was vindicated in the end. A team that finished fourth in the standings won the Division Two title. So perhaps the team that won them the minor premiership in in Division Two couldn't even win the championship so they're definitely not ready for division one so we feel by evaluating each year um the last couple of years has has proven to be the right call but i think you guys are spot on i think promotion relegation is a natural evolution of that and i think we'll see it next year
0: yeah and like just for example the the royals came up a couple of years ago and i was one of them I, i thought god what do they want to come up for they're going to be terrible and you know the egg on my face they now very much belong in that division one and from the word this year with the players they've recruited um, from overseas and from interstate and from other clubs that they've poached, they will be quite a force to be reckoned with. Now, there's a prime example of what can happen when you get up into the competition and compete. You you find a way to survive. Now, they have a great base. They've got a great Polynesian base. They're very tough and very strong. And th- there's an example of you know the Silverbacks and the Raiders and those guys, if, if they win and come up... It's only going to be better for your club. It's not going to hurt you. Um, yeah, you, you might have a bad year and, and bottom out and go back down again, and you and you can you can recruit again and, and win it again. But I think if it's leading to that, that is the best case scenario because it makes it just such a better league when you've got that that sort of you know. Right now, you come last in Division One. There's no stress. Ah, oh, it's all right. We'll rebuild and go again next year. You come last now. There's some pressure on you, and I think that's good. It creates a lot of it creates a lot more pressure on clubs. Well said, James. Looks like
2: we've found our successor for the next president of Gridiron Victoria. <laughs> you yeah. are dreaming. You look good, mate. I just like trolling
0: on Facebook.
1: <laughs> Sammy, just before we let you go, and thanks so much again for coming in, if someone is thinking about uh, playing the sport and they don't right now, where can they find out more information about Gridiron Victoria?
2: Head to gridironvictoria.com.au or just stick it in the Google machine. Um, obviously on Facebook and all uh, social media, um, no experience necessary is obvious I mean we get plenty of people coming down all the time who just have no idea I've been playing for six years and I still don't really know how to play I know Um, I I know you play on the O one with me (laughs) Um, so yeah no experience necessary just come down have some fun it is literally the greatest sport on earth and
0: and anyone can play that is the beauty you can be six foot five the best athlete in the world and there's a spot for you you can be five foot two like yourself um, and one of the worst athletes in the world and we'll find a spot for you as well it's the beauty of this game is that if you want to come down be a part of a club and commit to a sport there is always a spot for you and that is the beauty of this sport
2: there's
1: hope for everyone thanks very much Sammy coming up next Jay and I are going to count down our top cornerbacks in the NFL it's going to be a top 10 Now we turn our attention to our top ten cornerback countdown.
0: Should we just explain what we're doing with this segment? We
1: probably should.
0: You had a big sulk about me doing the top one hundred every week, and yep. you hate it. And you, it's awful. I, I think there was tears. It was a full on tantrum. You didn't. It was
1: a tantrum. There were no tears.
0: Mm, all right,
1: mate. I cry over things that are important.
0: Whoa, the top 100 is important. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, so what we're doing instead is we're going to do a top 10 for the positional groups. We'll do quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line as a whole, defensive line as a whole, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. Yep. We're starting with the cornerbacks this week. I've done a top 10. You've done a top 10? I've 10. done a top 10. How are, we going to, how are we going to do it? All right, you can give me give me your 10, 9, 8. Okay, my tenth ranked cornerback, and oh, just sorry to start. This is leading into next season. Yeah, this is. Uh, it's a prediction of next season. Yeah,
1: if I could take one person for next year. for next year, I have them ranked number one.
0: Yep, yeah, cool. All right, so my number ten is Darius Slay. He is the cornerback from the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's an outstanding cover man. Man coverage is his strength. He's a good press corner. He's quick. He's got great catch up ability. A lot of people haven't heard of him. Um, I'm sure Detroit Lions fans have. He locks onto a number one receiver and he follows them around. Uh, very underrated guy. My number nine is Xavier Rhodes, the cornerback from the Minnesota Vikings. Again, a long uh, press corner. Plays a lot more zoned, but is incredibly good up close. A great tackler. Um, a young guy as well. He's a real up-and-comer. My number eight cornerback is Sam Shields of the Green Bay Packers. Again, long-armed, super athletic, one of the fastest corners in the NFL, has the ability to play zone and man coverage. You can lock him onto someone. A real unheralded guy of that Green Bay Packers defense um, and certainly a very good cornerback.
1: All right, my number 10. Darius Slay, snap! Wow, I had him as well. You actually did some research. I told you I did this yeah, I did this Richie. afternoon. Uh, I think his biggest thing he he gets to play a lot of trail coverage because yep. of that zone yep. system they have. He has no problem sticking with receivers. Super athletic. His guy. his uh, athleticism makes up for his a little bit of his sloppiness sometimes. Oh, um, his
0: technique uh, does struggle. That's probably but the it's one perfect thing for that system. And it said it's only it was it's going into his third season, so he's still young. He'll get better, but. Man, he's a good athlete.
1: Yep, and I think um, he has the potential to grow into an elite guy as soon as he cleans a bit up. Small too. That's another a touch, issue. But that's probably that's probably the only thing he can't fix. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. And uh, ideally, you put him in a scheme as a slot corner, and he'd cover the slots. But in the Detroit scheme, he's such he's their best corner by yeah. so far. that He, he just he just him. plays the one on one.
1: Number nine, I've got uh, bullet wound himself, Akeeb Tlaib from the Broncos. Now, we know Chris Harris Jr. takes the smaller receivers. He He's more of a slot cover guy. Tlaib gets the outside guy. He plays bigger than he is. He plays on those big receivers. His arms are so um, long. Yep, he's got... He, he doesn't have elite speed or quickness, but one thing he does have is intelligence and a nose for the ball.
0: Well, he's got intelligence on the football field, not off it.
1: Not off it. He makes some bad mistakes there. But his ball skills are... Pretty, pretty good. Like, they they're, I don't want to call them elite, but they're right under He's that. another
0: guy who was a wide receiver at the start of his college career. Um, and so he's got the, the ball skills to, to go after it. And that's something that if you're a cornerback and you've got that skill, it makes you a, a lot better. And he is – I love his press. He, they play him on tight ends a lot. Like, I'll never forget when he was playing for the Patriots and they put him on Jimmy Graham from the Saints – and he just destroyed Jimmy Graham. He couldn't get off the press. He is just good tackler, can play zone, can play man. Outstanding football player.
1: Absolutely. And number eight, I've got Desmond Trufront from the Falcons.
0: Yeah, he was close to my 10.
1: I can tell you, having a bit... And I actually... Yeah, you know, I got some film out and everything. Like, I really put time into this. Wow. The biggest thing I noticed is now he plays in that Dan Quinn defense last year. He really was almost given that Sherman role. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's... He's really physical with big receivers like you know, DeAndre Hopkins or someone like that, but he's got the speed to go with somebody like an Odell Beckham who he had to go up against last year and I thought you know, held his end fine. Um yeah, he's a very good player. I think he's a really good player Young. and he's got a yeah, exactly. I think he's really gonna improve over the next handful of years. Yeah, I think he's
0: going into his fourth year now, so he's in his contract year. Uh he is, he's a linchpin for that defence.
1: 100%. Moving on now, James, give me your seven, six, and five.
0: My seven? Do, do you want me just to give them to you and you give me yours and then we'll discuss yep. all of them? All right. My seven is Josh Norman. Oh, snap. Me too. My six is Talib. Oh, I've already talked about him. My five is Marcus Peters. Okay. Out of it- Kansas City.
1: As I said, my number seven is Josh Norman, now out of the Redskins. Number six, I got Darrell Rivas, who only a handful of years ago people would have had him a lot higher than that. Yep. Number five, I've got Malcolm Butler of the Patriots. And I'm <sighs> not. I won't accept he just had one.
0: No, he's a good solid corner.
1: When you really look at it, I think he had an outstanding year last year with nothing much around him on I that Patriots team. think defense. you have
0: him. I flirted with him in my top 10, but I think you. I don't have a problem if he was maybe your 10th, but we've got him at five, did you say? Yep. So he's your fifth best corner in the NFL. Yes, he is. Wow, okay. I, I think that's a bit high personally, but I said people have different opinions. He's certainly a good cornerback, but I, and along with Josh Norman, I don't like those corners that play in that zone scheme because I feel like they're a bit of a one trick pony. Josh Norman especially. Josh Norman, if we were rating the best cover three cornerbacks in the NFL, You'd be right Josh up, Norman's number one. well, maybe number two, but he's up there. and that's the problem I have with him. I had never seen him go in man coverage on someone. Now they had that situation with Odell Beckham last year, but he't was he was jamming He wasn't even covering Odell Beckham for most of the game. No. He was playing his cover three shell, which he was the deep zone on the outside. That's my issue with him. Now, he plays that so well. That he warrants being in the top ten, but I think Washington he'll he'll get found out a little bit. Um, they don't have as good a pass rush, and they don't play a lot of as much cover three unless they change it for his sake. But uh, certainly pretty right. Who do you have at five, at four, six? Sorry, Revis. Six, I got Revis. Look, the main reason he's still very good. He's not on my top ten,
1: but. I think he still deserves to be there. He got found out a couple of times. I think Samuel Watkins really got the better of him twice and last Jandre year. Hopkins and John Jay Hopkins tore lit him up. up. Yeah, yep, I had that too. Look, his biggest issue is his declining speed, but all his other skills are oh, there. Oh, they're still there. You see him jumping. He can still jump a route. He recognizes what's happening really well.
0: Incredibly good tackler as well. Yep.
1: Intelligent. Probably, the as I said, the biggest thing that's leaving him now is his speed. And all the now in the world can only make up for so much.
0: I, th- And that's why I left him off the top 10, because what I think they need to do with him now if in an ideal world is roll him to the second cornerback, because I don't think he can play on that elite number one corner. As you said, Sammy Watkins. You know, elite talent hasn't quite hit it yet, but he, but he you know, really got he the will. better of him twice. And DeAndre Hopkins, that yeah, game, he lit him 160 up 160 yards and a couple of times. He just got over the top. And this their game plan that day was to blitz and play zero coverage. And I think the Jets won that game in the end, but they got found out. They, they couldn't play zero coverage, and he's just not quick enough to play on that sort of player and beat him like he used to. Revis Island is is long gone, in my opinion.
1: No, it's flooded over. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> it's gone, and yeah, that's one of the only reason I didn't have him in my top ten. Because going into next season, I think he declined a little bit this year, and I think he'll decline a little bit again. And I I just think he'll fall out. Don't get me wrong; he's in my top fifteen. If we had that, he's right there, but just missed out.
1: Yep, and there's one more there. You need to speak for Marcus I think Peters. Number six, Marcus Peters.
0: Yeah, rookie guy. I said this is a prediction. He had eight interceptions last year, which led the NFL. He is an outstanding young corner. Don't get me wrong. He, his coverage isn't elite. He doesn't stop guys getting the ball at an elite level, but he's- He's a ball hawk. Oh, he's a ball hawk, and he will create turnovers, and that's something that I- put in a very high class someone who gets turnovers and his coverage will get better he's got good speed um very similar to, to Trufant, actually he's not huge but great speed and if he plays on the second corner the second wide receiver at you know cornerback number two he's going to be very good for Kansas City for a very long time
1: do you want to go your four three and two yeah sure
0: me. okay I've got number four Jason varette a TCU boy sure uh, is San Diego Chargers corner. Chris Harris at number three and my number two corner is Patrick Peterson.
1: Very similar top fours I think we've got here. I've got Chris Harris junior, he actually is. Oh used from too. the Broncos yeah. at four. I've got Jason Verrett number three from the Chargers and I've got number two Richard Sherman of the Seahawks.
0: Which okay, means our so number one's is different. Are you? Is your number one? My number one is Patrick, Patrick Peterson, Peterson. Arizona. Mine's Richard Sherman. So we, we've got a very similar list here. Well, <laughs> well, out
1: of those four, let's talk about them uh, together. Chris Harris, Jr. I had him at four. You had him at three. I I think he's the best slot corner going around. He's the best nickel corner. I think just about without question. As a person who's looked at as a corner, not a. Safe. safety type or a hybrid. Look, the, the, the the only, His only issue is size, yes, which is why so he can't small. play out on the outside. But he has um, no problem taking on people like Antonio Brown, Steve Smith, Julian Edelman. He can hold any of those guys in check. He's-
0: Antonio Brown tore him apart in a game last year, but come playoff time, exactly. he was... He made, up, he made up for it. Edelman could not do anything on him. Um, yeah, he, he is a really, really good football player. I, I
1: don't want him matching up on Des Bryant or AJ no, Green. No, that would no, be a horrible matchup for him. But I think he's an outstanding nickel caller. This is a guy who went
0: undrafted. In yeah, incredible.
1: Because oh, of his size.
0: Yeah. And you know what? He stuck it out. He has elite technique. His technique is the best in the league because he doesn't have the size to, oh, he's he's got to step on me. That's right, I'll be able to jump up and play this ball. He can't. He has to be in the perfect position all the time or he won't win the battle. So he's he's developed that very well. Playing alongside to Tlaib really helps him because to Tlaib just takes all the big receivers and he gets on the little guys. And it's a really good combo there, obviously, with them both being on our top 10.
1: Yep. Number three, uh, Jason Verrett from the Chargers.
0: He's the next big
1: deal. He's only... Floor is getting hurt. Yep. Other than that, I think he's going Did to he be play every the game next last year. Shut down corner. <sighs> he didn't finish games was his problem. I think You're he played up. them all, yeah. but I think there were four he didn't finish.
0: Yep. He is a very if he can get that right and play full games and full seasons, I you know next year when we do this, he'll be up. Then he'll be number one. Now, look. I didn't see much of a difference between Verrett and Harris. I could have easily had them on either side of three and four. Um, but Verrett has upside. He's got good size. He's about six foot tall. Arms to his ankles. He can press. He can run the zone. He can run man coverage. He can lock that's down. That's the biggest
1: difference between him and a lot of others because the Chargers run such a mix of coverages it's an odd that, defense. that a lot of other teams don't do.
0: You can't just have a man guy. You've got to have a hybrid, yep. and, and he does both very well. He's, and he's his a man's where he's ele- His man coverage is where he best really in, shines. Best in the competition. Yeah, man I think he's coverage, outstanding. Oh, him and Peterson are close, but yep. he's as good as Peterson in man coverage. Um, and he, he has that speed to make up for lapses in zone coverage. He can break on a ball. incredibly intelligent, good tackler too. Like the one thing that I have with all these guys in my top ten is they're all very good tackling corners, which is incredibly underrated in the NFL, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, especially the ones that play in those zone schemes. Yeah, well, you're coming up. They've got to be able to tackle. If you can't can't take down a running back, forget it. You you can't play in those schemes.
0: So you have – I have Patrick Peterson at two. You had him at one. Yep. Um, Not a lot you need to say about this guy. He is a man coverage guy suited to a man coverage. He normally plays on the best receiver, um, plays in a very good defense at Arizona where – Arguably, if Tyron Matthews is labelled as a corner because he is a hybrid safety/slash corner, where we have him as a safety. If anyone is wondering why he's not on this list, we're ranking him, grading him as a safety, so he'll be on next week. Uh, oh, I assume oh, so. anyway. Well, we might
1: mix it up, might do receivers, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so he'll,
0: he'll he'll be on when we get to safeties. I'm sure he'll be right up there. But he is the best cover guy at Arizona. He locks up on the number one. He can also play the zone because he's so tall and long. And plays the ball better than anyone. And when he gets an interception, it's like Ed Reed. When he gets it, he can score. He's electric. I think that the biggest, the main reason
1: why I put him number one is I really think he's the most athletically gifted corner in yep. the league. Yep. And last year, he didn't have a great 04, oh, sorry, 14. But last year, his technique really caught up to that athleticism. And it just completely changed the type of player he was. I thought he was just outstanding last season. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't change. But now he's cleaned up his footwork, things like that. He can stick to receivers. He's got that elite change of direction, which... And anticipation Yeah, which a lot of others don't have. It's all come together for him. He lost some weight going into the 2015 season. Good tackler. Great tackler. That's the reason why I put him number one, because I think he's still coming up, and I think Sherman has just tipped off.
0: Yeah, the the, the reason I had Sherman at one over Peterson was because I don't think Peterson generates enough turnovers. That's the one problem I have with him. Um, Sherman just generates so much turnover. Uh, He forces fumbles, he recovers fumbles, he picks off the ball. I think as an all-round corner, Peterson, yes, is the better guy. But when you take Sherman in that Seattle scheme, the way he's used and the way he fits that scheme – I never want to see him play anywhere else because I don't want to have to see if he if it's a scheme or not. Mm. And you know much like Josh Norman who's fallen because he's moved schemes, I think Sherman is perfect for that system. His press is better than anyone in the league. He can play on the big the big guys, he can play on the little guys because they allow him to play in that zone with underneath help. He gets over the top and when the ball is in the air, it's well documented he was a wide receiver at Stanford for 3 years before he moved to Corner. When that ball's in the air, he he can go and get it, and that's the huge difference. Um, Peterson, I agree with you, is the better all-round corner, but I think Sherman's a little bit more intelligent and just generates a bit more turnover, and that's why I had him at number one over Peterson. Both, I, don't get me wrong, I'd I have either of them.
1: I, I'm, it's going to be tough to argue. I'd have we, had, I'd we had, had, any, had them both I, one too. i I'd have
0: him any one of those top ten players, and you know Darrell Revis and True I'd have any of them too. So it's interesting. We're pretty, we're very similar.
1: See, there I you couldn't go. believe Are you, you had Darius Slay. You, oh, you must be so proud of me right now.
0: I'm not proud of you. I, I'm just almost had, relieved that you did something. That I cared enough
1: <laughs> to do it. So You're I want to do wide receivers because it's easier for me. Yeah,
0: as I said, I didn't have to watch game film or anything <laughs> like that. How long did it take you to do your list?
1: Uh, I prepped it up in about an hour.
0: Yeah, I think it took me about 10 minutes to do mine.
1: I, I penciled in what I wanted. Yeah, I, I just wrote down like 20,
0: 20 cornerbacks and then went, uh, where do I want him, where do I want him, where do I want him? Did some stat checking, watched a little bit of t- actually I didn't watch any tape. I've already seen them all play a million times. So that's the benefit of not watching the red zone channel.
1: Yeah. Jeez, oh, I love the red zone So channel. do I. Like, <laughs> so I, so good. I have
0: I have that on and then a game on as well. I'm a shocker.
1: But before we call it a day, um first off, uh thanks to those who hung with us after missing last week. We were involved with that Michigan camp. It was absolutely it fantastic. Was fantastic. So, that, that O lineman, um,
0: what a dr- the O line coach, what a dream boat. Yeah, he's Mike a a Switzer, if you're ever dude. looking to turn a man you come back to Australia and, oh, you he was amazing. Um, a handsome, tall man that knows everything about O-line. What more do you want? What uh, no. more? You, a got female?
1: A, got a good job. Um, <laughs> just before we finish up, still looking for the third person to join us in the studio. I'm sure we've got one person who's sitting in here today who might be eyeing it off. A little bit keen, but he's leaving. He, he will be leaving, yeah. so... If someone is looking to join us, by all means, get in touch with us through the social medias, um, SCN Amer- at SEN America on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. Let us know you want to come on. Uh, we'll have a chat, see if you suit. We'll get, get you on. We will be going twice a week, pretty much from mid july I'd say, for, somewhere. yeah, training
0: camp it would be. Well, I go away yeah. in July, so it'd probably be good to have that person ready for the oh, there july. you
1: go. Um, it's going to go um, – the NFL goes a little dark. There's some – The final, uh, the mandatory off-season workouts are in the next couple of weeks, depending on which team you follow. So it'll get a little light on for news after that, but we are hoping to get a bunch of the Australians um, who are in the NFL on in that period. Adam
0: Gottsus, I've been in contact with him. We'll be having him on in the next few weeks. Um, We'll have, I think we've had some talks with Blake O'Neill, the ex-Michigan punter, And, obviously, Tom Hackett, we're just trying to arrange a time. He's in the middle of a camp battle at the moment. So, you can imagine time's pretty scarce for him. But uh, they do have a break. So, when that break is on, we'll be having a few of them on, which is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to talk to them.
1: We're literally trying to to tee them all up. Well,
0: it'd be be interesting to see if they're back in Melbourne for those breaks. I'm sure they're going to come home and Some come back, some don't. So,
1: we'll certainly do our best. And, you know, the Aussies who've been in for a little while... um, Brad Wings, Jordan Berries of the world, we'll be trying to hit up all them as well. So keep listening through the off-season, even though it's a little drier than it is um, in season.
0: I'll keep it. I'll keep it, Stick I'll with keep us. it we'll fun. Get there. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for downloading the SEN NFL podcast. You can follow James on Twitter at Jartha6594. You can follow me at Richard03. Until next week for our special guest, Samuel Weller. Thanks for joining us, mate. For James Arthur, not for Chris, because he gave me a terrible stinger, I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for letting me disappoint
0: you. Thanks for listening to the SEN NFL Podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America. Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au